2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you got your Bibles with you, that's where we're going to be at tonight as I feel like this is a place where God has laid out an assignment as well as an admonition for us to receive tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. While you're turning there, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the text because it's a little bit of a chunk and I don't want to waste any time getting to it. So 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1. God's word says this, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Key phrase. But we have renounced disgraceful, disgraceful underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in on our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed. Perplexed but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believed, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God, because that's just naturally what happens as grace extends further and further Thanksgiving extends more and more as people receive the grace of God. So we do not lose heart. Key phrase. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are Eternal, I want to speak to you guys for the next few moments from the subject of don't lose heart. Look at somebody sitting beside you and tell them, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Good job. That's pretty good participation. Have you guys learned? Well, I'm an interactive kind of guy, plus I like to make sure nobody's falling asleep out there because I know I can be boring from time to time. Don't lose heart. I don't have to make any of you aware of the fact, I don't think, that we're living in some crazy times. I mean, we've gone from racism to riots. We've gone from a pandemic to protests. The most normal routines of our lives have completely changed in a lot of ways. I mean, the way we shop completely changed. I didn't realize until we got about a solid two and a half months into this thing that you were supposed to shop in one way. Like, I was that guy at Walmart that was walking down the opposite direction of the aisles, and I'm like, why are people looking at me weird? Like, I'm just trying to get my cereal like everybody else. I had no idea you had to go down an aisle a certain way. The way we shop has changed. The way we school has changed, right? 
in ways in which we could never even imagine. Some of you going into this college semester never imagined that some of your classes will be turned into something hybrid where you're there for like one day and then you're not there for like four, but then you go back for like three. I mean, what in the world is going on? The way we school has changed. The way we greet each other has changed. Lord, help me the way we greet each other has changed. As if greeting wasn't already awkward enough. Like, I don't know if I give a hug, do we give a handshake, we go for the high five, we go for the bump, or, or now it's just like, what, do I do anything? Do we just make eye contact? Do we go for the elbow? Or do we, I don't know what we do anymore. The way we greet each other has changed. The way we gather has changed. Never in my life have I sat up chairs in this room like this before. We're used to piling here on top of each other and it's no big deal. The way we gather has completely changed. The way we visit has changed. My grandmother's in assisted living right down the road here, and me and my wife took our son Graham to see him the other day through the window. Couldn't go inside. She couldn't come out. The way we visit has completely changed. I'm talking through a window to my grandmother in assisted living. Everything's completely changed. The most normal of routines that we have gone on forever without any interruption, have now all of a sudden been interrupted in a crazy and wild way. And listen, what I've learned through life experience is a little bit of change, a little, little bit of change, we can typically handle. And I would even suggest that at times we might welcome it in our lives. But a lot of change, that becomes frustrating. A lot of change for most of us becomes upsetting. A lot of change for most of us can even become discouraging at times. If you were to look up a modern day definition of the phrase lose heart, you would find it being defined as to become discouraged. Can I have a candid moment with you guys? I know we just met some of us, but I like to be real, I like to be honest. This is not a pedestal for me to stand on, not like I'm above anybody in here. It's just a platform that God's given me to proclaim. And if I'm going to proclaim, I'm going to proclaim it from all angles. When all this stuff first hit, all this pandemic stuff, all this change happened all at once, I started to lose heart. I got discouraged, like in a bad way. My wife can vouch for that. Moped around the house. Felt completely useless in what I was called to do because so much change happened all at once, especially in the perspective of the way in which we do ministry. I'm called to preach and teach the Word of God within a church, and then all of a sudden nobody's at church anymore. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? What am I going to do? Change too much. I began to lose heart. I become discouraged in a big way, but... I don't want to stay on discouragement tonight. I want to move it over to encouragement. Because I think I, we've had a little bit too much discouragement so far this year. Anybody agree? Anybody tired of the discouragement? I think we need to change the talk a little bit and find some encouragement in the midst of all this. And if anybody on the face of this planet is going to do that, it's got to be the people of God. So let's talk about some encouragement tonight. It was, it was during this time that God began to remind me that even in the midst of so much change, there was something that hadn't changed. And he led me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. And I'm not preaching on that. You're like, why would you take us to 2 Corinthians 4 then? This sounds like the stuff you need to be preaching on. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 is where he led me, where Paul says this, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through 
us. And it's like the light bulb went off all of a sudden. God began to show me once again, even though everything else around you is changing, the mission hasn't changed. People still need Jesus. The gospel still has to be proclaimed. Disciples still have to be made. Therefore, my purpose, therefore, our purpose as men and women of God, it hasn't changed either. We are still ambassadors for Christ. We're still called to make disciples. We're still called to proclaim the gospel. And I understand that can be difficult at times. I understand that can be frustrating at times. I understand that can be very tiring at times, especially during the stage that we're in especially during this strange season of life that we've been in. Paul understood that as well as anybody. And he's the one saying that we're ambassadors. He understood how tough it could be. Let me give you just an idea of how tough it was for Paul to be an ambassador for Christ. You don't have to flip over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is what he says at a certain point in time towards the end of the chapter. He says, With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night and hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Paul understood hardship. Paul understood what it meant to, to go through difficult times as an ambassador for Christ. And yet we just read this same man's words at the beginning of chapter 4 where he says we don't lose heart. Paul must be on something. How can you go through all that and not lose heart? How does Paul stay motivated to continue serving as an ambassador for God, even though he's allowed him to be shipwrecked multiple times, he's allowed him to be beaten with rods, he's allowed him to be stoned, he's allowed him to be in prison, he's allowed him to be in danger everywhere the guy apparently went, he's allowed him to wander the streets hungry and naked, cold and exposed, and he says, I don't lose heart? What was it that kept Paul from losing heart? What was it that kept him motivated to continue serving as an ambassador for Christ? In the same sense, how are we going to continue when we want to give up? Anybody in here ever want to give up sometimes? How do we not give up? How do we not lose heart during this season? How are you not going to lose heart during this semester if all of a sudden a week we get into classes they say everybody's going home? How are you not going to lose heart then? How are you going to continue to be an ambassador for Christ in isolation? How are you going to be an ambassador for Christ if you're quarantined? How are you going to be an ambassador for Christ if the mission field that you felt God led you to at the campus of UNA all of a sudden tells you you can't come here and be a witness anymore? How are we not going to lose heart? I think there's a few key things that we can find in what Paul says towards the end of chapter 4 that help us to not lose heart. First of all is you won't lose heart if you keep in mind there's an internal progression that's taking place. There's an internal progression that's taking place. Everybody say progression. Verse 16, if you go back and look in chapter 4 towards the end, he says, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. To me, one of the greatest motivators there is on the planet is progress. Progress. 
one of the greatest motivators I think there is on the planet. There's nothing like that feeling of seeing progress being accomplished to keep you motivated to keep going to get the job done. And I don't care what it is. It could be the simplest of tasks. Maybe you're going to paint a room in your house. I can see progress as I paint. There's four walls. I just got one done. Guess what? There's three left. We're good to go. I can see progress. So I'm going to keep going because I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe it's cutting grass. I hate cutting grass. But guess what? You can see progress in that. Although it wasn't quite good enough for me because I started hiring somebody to cut it for me. So I still didn't get it. But you can see progress in cutting grass. I can get the lawnmower out. I can make one pass on the yard. Guess what? I can turn around and say, ha! I'm not much closer to being done than when I started. You can see progress in that. I like to work out. I like to go to the gym. But sometimes it gets real hard to stay motivated to keep going. Amen? You gym goers? You're like, man, you, hey, I didn't got some conviction. I wasn't even trying to get tonight. He's talking about how I've been to the gym in three or four weeks. Like, I thought we were just going to focus on the Jesus stuff. It's hard to stay motivated to go to the gym sometimes. But what helps me is when I see the progress taking place on my body or lack thereof, you know, which is what it is most of the time. Well, they got to put a mirror in your bathroom anyway. <laughs> Who decided that had to be a thing? But you can see progress. And it keeps you motivated to continue going. On the flip side of that, Paul says, my outer or my external may be wasting away. The beatings, the shipwrecks, the stonings, all the traveling, the imprisonments, they've taken their toll on my body, but I know there is an internal progression taking place. There is a spiritual strengthening that is going on on the inside. The outer is rotting but the inner is renewing, and so it is for every man and woman of God sitting in this place tonight. As we continue to pursue God, as we continue to pursue a relationship with Him, there is an inner renewal that is taking place. So Paul says, I don't lose heart because with each day I'm being further conformed to the image of my Savior. As I press on to know Him, as I press on to love Him, as I press on to serve Him, I'm becoming more and more like Him. So I don't lose heart because I'm being renewed each and every day to carry on. Transformation is still taking place on the inside, and that keeps me motivated. So listen to me. Even in the midst of battling cancer, you can still be an ambassador for Christ. Even in the midst of fighting an anxiety disorder, you can still be an ambassador for Christ. Let's shake it up real good. Even in the middle of pushing back against depression, you can still be an ambassador for Christ. Even in the midst of trying to break through a stronghold that you have battled for 5, 10, 15 years of your life, you can still be an ambassador for Christ. It's the essence of God using imperfect people to accomplish a perfect plan. There's internal progression taking place. You don't have to have it all put together on the outside. You don't even have to have it all put it together on the inside. Why? Because God's at work doing that. And too many, too many believers have sat in silence, have sat in defeat, because they've been led to believe, because I've got this thing in my life, I can't still be an ambassador for Christ. That's complete falsity. If the only people that God had to use were perfect and put together, there would be nobody to use. There's an internal progression taking place. Even though it may not be visible, transformation and renewal is taking place on the inside. Progress is being made in your life. Let that motivate you. Don't lose heart. Believe that he who started... It's funny, the same guy in Philippians encouraged other people to believe that he who started a good work in you, where? In? 
internal progression. Internal progression. Believe that he who started a good work in you will carry it on progress to completion. Man, it's been too long since I got to get up here and do this. I don't care if y'all are having fun or not, I am. <laughs> Internal progression. Don't lose heart. God is transforming you on the inside as you continue to pursue a relationship with Him. But I want to focus too much there. I want, I want to go on to the next one. The, the next key motivator, the next thing that will help us not to lose heart is not just that there's internal progression, but it's if we keep an eternal perspective. Everybody say perspective. If you keep an eternal perspective, it will help keep you from losing heart in the midst of being an ambassador for Christ. As Paul took into consideration all that he would been through and all that he would still go through in his life on this earth as being an ambassador for Christ, he described it as a light and momentary thing. Once again, either Paul was full of the Spirit or full of something else. Light and momentary? We're talking about being shipwrecked. We're talking about being stoned. Anybody been hit with a rock lately? Beaten with rods? You've been walking through campus, all of a sudden somebody walks up with just a cane pole and just wraps the back of your legs with it? <laughs> traveling, constantly traveling, constantly in prison. I'm not going to ask if anybody's been there yet. Constantly imprisoned. Chained to guards for the better part of his life. How does somebody, I, I don't lose heart, it's a light and momentary thing? Light and momentary, all this stuff that he's been through. And yet this pandemic hits and we got to put on masks and all that stuff and it's like the most burdensome thing we've ever been through in our life. Paul's like, all this stuff is light and momentary, knowing what he endured and then hearing what he says early in chapter 4. Did y'all catch what he said early in chapter 4? Like, I know we know the rest of the story, but I want to pick out the first words that he said in the midst of this, this phrase we're going to go back and look at. He says, I'm afflicted. I'm perplexed. I'm persecuted. I'm struck down on top of all the beatings, the shipwrecks, imprisonments, the stonings, all that good stuff. It's light and momentary. How can he get to the point where he says, I don't lose heart? Why didn't he quit? Why didn't he walk away? I'm sorry. You know, we're called to count the costs when we follow Christ. But I, I dare say, I wonder if anybody in this room had the amount of faith that this man had to continue to pursue him after all that he had went through. To not quit, to not walk away. The pandemic hits, everybody has to go home, we can't have church service, it's like normal. I get so depressed, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I think I'm done with ministry. I'm walking away from it, just from a couple of months, it's Paul's whole life. How did he not quit? How does he not walk away? It's because he stayed motivated by an eternal perspective. You know why he can say this is light and momentary? Because he had something to compare it to. So you don't know the true weight of something unless you have something else to stack it up to. Maybe you didn't hear it. You don't know the true weight of something until you have something else to stack it up against. Paul says, this is stuff, all this stuff I've been through, it's light and momentary. You know why I can say that? Because I know there's an eternal glory that weighs infinitely much more. That's waiting for me. So he, he didn't just stop with saying, I'm afflicted, I'm perplexed, I'm persecuted, I'm struck down. He says, I'm afflicted, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not driven to despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I'm struck down, 
but I'm not destroyed. That's what somebody with an eternal perspective can say. Because it doesn't just focus on the temporary here and now. It looks past that into eternity. And there's some of you sitting in this room tonight. I guarantee you there's some people sitting in this room tonight that have been praying for friends. You've been praying for family members. You've been praying for a co-worker. You've been praying for a teammate. You've been praying for a classmate for months without change. Some of you sitting in this room tonight, you have been made fun of and you have been ridiculed for what you think is the last time for not being on the social scene with everybody else. You are right at the tipping point where you are going to give up and lose heart with ever trying to be what everybody else is around you. You've had enough. There are some people sitting here tonight that you have walked faithfully with Christ the best that you can for as long as you can take it. And you're tired, you're burned out of striving to live a set-apart life in such a deprived and nasty world. Don't lose heart. Tell somebody beside you again, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. In World War II, as Hitler was rising to power, there was a man in Germany who surrendered to the full-time call of being a pastor and a theologian. His name was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Everybody say Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he felt like it was his calling in life to, to combat all the things that he saw Hitler trying to put in place and do and accomplish. So on the inside, he enrolled as a double agent with his secret service. And so he, he snuck around behind the scenes trying to figure out plans that, that Hitler and his inner circle were trying to put in place to conquer the world. And on top of all that, he was going into these places as a double agent. Hitler and them would send him out and say, go scout out these places and find where the Jews are at. And he would go. And when he found a group of Jews, he would take them underground and lead them to freedom. A double agent trying to combat everything that Hitler was doing. And when he felt like he had done as much work as he could possibly do, he decided to pack up and leave Germany and come to America. And he had plans to, to come here and live a life of freedom and live a life of teaching and discipling and lecturing and maybe even have pastor his own church here in the States. But when he got here, after a certain amount of time, he had this realization. And he said this to a friend. He says, I have made a mistake in coming to America. I must live through this difficult period in our national history with the Christian people of Germany. So he moved back. And he'd only been back for a small amount of time before they realized what he was doing. He was captured and sent to a concentration camp. While he was in that camp, he led scores of people to Christ in the midst of that time. Eventually, he was to be executed. And ten years later, they interviewed a German doctor who witnessed Bonhoeffer's execution. And this is what the doctor said. He said the prisoners were taken from their cells. And the verdicts of court-martial read out to them. Through the half-open door in one room of the huts, I saw Pastor Bonhoeffer, before taking off his prison guard, kneeling on the floor, praying fervently to his God. I was most deeply moved by the way this lovable man prayed, so devout and so certain that God heard his prayer. At the place of execution, he again said a prayer and then climbed the steps to the gallows, brave and composed. His death ensued in a few seconds. In the almost 50 years that I have worked as a doctor, 
I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. This man faced some of the most difficult circumstances imaginable. But he didn't lose heart. As a matter of fact, he made a decision to go back into his circumstances that he left. In the same way, Paul faced some of the most difficult circumstances that any of us could ever imagine for being an ambassador and for following Christ. And yet he writes these words twice, we don't lose heart. Why? Because both of them had an eternal perspective and an endless passion to lead people to Jesus. Our circumstances aren't easy right now. And who knows what's going to end up happening this semester. None of us have a clue whatsoever what lies around even the next day, the next week, the next couple of weeks. Listen, can I, I said I wanted this to be about encouragement. Stop, stop using, stop using your circumstances as an excuse to cancel your calling. Stop using your circumstances as an example or as an excuse to cancel your calling. Instead, start using your circumstances as a catalyst that propels you into conversations about Christ with the people that God has placed in your life. For too long, I myself included, have given reason and reason, excuse after excuse of why I can't. I can't because of this. I can't because of that. I can't because of this. I can't because of that. And the more we continue to do so, the more you begin to cancel the calling God has placed upon your life because of circumstances. You don't have any circumstances like these two men went through for the sake of following Christ. So there is no excuse. Instead, flip it around and start using your circumstances as a catalyst that propel you into conversations about Christ. Consider the cost is what I'm asking you to do. Consider the cost of what happens if we do lose heart. What if we do lose heart? What if men and women of God begin to lose heart? What if men and women of God begin to be discouraged by the circumstances and the situations of our life and the fact that things are a little bit harder and more inconvenient than they used to be, that we stop living out the mission that God has given us? What are the consequences that take place if we stop ignoring the gospel and the need that it needs to go out to the people around us? What are the consequences of that? What are the ramifications of that? I hope you guys realize that eternities are at stake each and every day. If men and women of God who have been called and set apart for His purpose of going and taking the gospel throughout the world begin to lose heart and start ignoring the mission that He has left us here on this earth with, to go out and make disciples, the end result is that hell is going to get a lot bigger and heaven is going to be a lot less occupied. So really, we can't lose heart if eternities are at stake. When you walk on campus, you're an ambassador for Christ. When you walk into your job, you're an ambassador for Christ. 
you go to practice, you're an ambassador for Christ. When you're in the classroom, however long that may be, you're an ambassador for Christ. When you're sitting in your dorm, when you're at your apartment with your roommate, you're an ambassador for Christ. Can I say it one more time? Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for His glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life.